I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Ho, ho, ho. Today, we are talking about our five favorite Christmas horror films, and we cannot wait, right, John? Hell yeah, man. We're fucking more baked than uh, some Christmas cookies here. <laughs> full full disclosure, what we just finished recording our interview for episode one of season two. So we're already baked, and we're going to be smoking more, so we're going to get even more baked. <laughs> Absolutely. And trust us, for you listeners out there, you're in for a treat with season two. We are not fucking around. Um, all right. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. (laughs) He said we're going to get more baked than Christmas cookies. (laughs) What do you got for us over there, man? I still got a little bit of that goji OG from the the end of uh, season one here, so I'm going to pack a bowl of that. Oh, hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm so down. I mean... It's it's the holidays. Might as well get you know absolutely destroyed. Hopefully, all of you listeners out there are enjoying yourselves and enjoying you know the holiday season and are you know getting nice and toasted. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of drinking going on. Just be safe out there. What are you up to this holiday, John? Uh, I don't I don't know if it counts, but seeing the new Spider-Man movie for sure. I don't know if that counts as a <laughs> holiday plan, but it's out around Christmas. More of like a Christmas present to yourself. Yeah. Um, Every year we always go to my aunt's for Christmas Eve, so we'll do that. Um, I, I'm not really that big on Christmas. I'll probably watch Die Hard a couple times. Uh, probably uh, one or two of these movies from our list today will probably be, be some other ones. And uh, I also like to go back. I've mentioned them before, the Angry Video Game Nerd. I like to go back on YouTube and watch his old Christmas episodes. Oh, that's pretty I just cool. get real baked and just like turn off the lights, just have the ambience of the Christmas lights around and just watch some of his old shit. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I love like that's the thing about I love about the Christmas season is that like when you have like all the lights out in your house, but the Christmas tree or like the the other Christmas lights, it's like there's something really calming and peaceful about that. Yeah, but like the other thing is, I don't want to fucking set up the Christmas tree. So, <laughs> but you want to enjoy the. the I enjoy, enjoy what it. other people did for me. <laughs> man, you lazy man! Come on. I just, I don't know. Even as a kid, like I enjoyed decorating the Christmas tree, but then I felt like I hit, I hit like eight or nine. I'm like, this is a chore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Like, uh, growing up in my household, like there was nobody put like any effort in my mom and sister would decorate the inside of the house but that was it and uh i I don't know i always wanted to be that like cheesy cheesy dad that like goes that extra mile and so you know this year is actually my first year doing christmas lights as you've seen when you've came come over i have uh i put christmas lights along the windows and all outside and kind of decorated outside got a couple inflatables and stuff like that and i typically don't do that stuff but my my oldest is four years old now and like i said i want to be that cheesy dad i want him to have a dad that like has that soft spot where he'll like go out of his way to just you know do something do that extra mile go that extra mile you want you want to you want to be ralphie's dad from a christmas story (laughs) no (laughs) that's the exact opposite i want to be clark griswold that's it i'm probably way more relatable to clark griswold from christmas vacation than any other character because my life is just fucking one mishap after another (laughs) and just trying to juggle the shit and make it work uh, so what are you doing for the 
for the holidays? Uh, well, you got I, kids, so you got to do a lot more of that Christmas. That, shit. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm basically living fucking four Christmases. That Vince Vaughn movie. Um, oh, but that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, my wife actually just watched it the other night. Um, I saw it a few years ago, but yeah, it's a uh, on the twenty third. I have uh, in laws and uh, grandparents coming down, and then on Christmas Eve, I'm going out to my parents' house and uh making a visit out there and then on saturday christmas day uh my wife and i are going to her father's house and we are going to have dinner there so it's just really all over the place that sounds exhausting yeah that's the one thing about the holidays that kind of bothers me is i just want the thing about me is you know i'm a nerd and i'm a movie nerd and i'm a hermit it's like i i know that i got a bunch of movies for christmas i just want to open them shits and then fucking smoke (laughs) and chill in the house and watch them and it's like this is the one time I can't. Like I'm literally being pulled everywhere. So finding personal time for myself to sit down and relax, that's going to be the chore. That's going to be the true Christmas present to myself this weekend or this week. His silence. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't. I can somewhat relate to your wanting for silence at times. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 bad. Like uh, you know, I'm a big reader, and I was uh, I, I used to be like real uptight about reading. The way that people are about writing, like I would be like, I need total silence. Like I don't want to be in the same room with you if you're talking. I'd even wear earplugs, and I've just become so used to noise that I'm sitting there reading novels, just crushing pages with my kids, just fucking like wrestling in front of me. Like you'd think, you know, it's like I can't believe how used to the noise I've gotten. Like I'm, it's almost sad, but it's check same in time, every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, you know, but uh, yeah, the, the silence is is a rare thing, and I'm sure all the fathers and mothers out there listening you all understand it sucks when you got to wait till four in the morning just to get an hour of fucking silence to yourself <laughs> uh i don't fully fully relate to that but i do somewhat <laughs> <laughs> well uh, you ready to get into our uh, top five countdown yeah let's get it all right all right my number five is Christmas Evil from 1980, originally titled You Better Watch Out, and also known as Terror in Toyland. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I say? He said you better watch out, I said you better not pout. <laughs> well, uh, That'd be a horrible name for a movie. Yeah, that would be, I, I, I wouldn't watch it. Um, there's uh, Christmas Evil's about a guy named Harry who saw his father as Santa getting dirty with his mom. Uh, oh yeah you know yeah uh harry he, you know as a kid he didn't put it together that his father was santa that it was his father in that that it was his father in a santa suit and so he assumed it was the real santa and that fucked harry's head up and that causes him to think that he's santa claus why would it not <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean that's the next logical step if you think about it <laughs> exactly yeah I'm, I'm glad you understand the logic um the kills are not to be overlooked there's a nutcracker toy where like the sword of the toy gets shoved into an eye and a nasty close up. There's a lot of good shit in this movie, but mostly it's uh Brandon Margaret's performance as Harry and Santa. He is so convincing. You really believe that he believes he's Santa. And you know the film is just it's sad and tragic as hell, but it also has that grindhouse feel that other Christmas horror films don't have, like Silent Night Deadly Night. It really, you know, it achieves that that grit. It has that grit to it. And, uh, yeah, actually it wasn't filmed, uh, too far away from here. It was filmed in New Jersey, uh, in Union City, New Brunswick. So that's pretty close to us. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny, funny you mentioned this one because I feel like this is one of those uh, Christmas horror movies that got lumped in with the madness in the 80s of trying to cancel all of them because somebody had to think of the children being exposed <laughs> right, to a right. killer Santa Claus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's actually, I don't know, it's, it's often overlooked, I think, because it tends to have a more sleazy look and feel than other uh christmas film horror films but it's definitely not one that gets brought up nearly as much as like silent night dead than it which i love silent night dead than it who doesn't but christmas evil just tends to get overlooked and it's like man that actually has like a real story to it that's like a true movie like they actually tried to make a good movie with that one and seems like people just don't pay attention to it or, or just it just got overlooked i think it's the sleaziness i think it has that last house on the left look and even though it's not nearly as hardcore, but I think that look turns people off. Yeah, I don't think off. it's quite as hardcore as Last House no. on the Left. And, like, did you look at my list? You keep mentioning Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then taking take, taking shots at it. No, I love Silent <laughs> Night, Deadly Night. I really do. It's just that's an example of, like, how a movie like Christmas Evil that... And it, you know, has a... I don't even... I don't know. It's Christmas Evil. You can... They're, they're, they're close, but... Movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night overshadow movies like Christmas Evil, and I feel that Christmas Evil had... You know, I feel that it had the stronger story, but it's just overshadowed, I think, because of production quality. I think that's what it was. Silent Night, Deadly Night looks better, and that's why I think it got pushed. And that is exactly what I have as my number five, Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Uh, little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after he was warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Now, Billy's 18 and out of the orphanage, and he's just becomes Santa himself. And uh, this movie actually is a very long, very young Leanna Quigley. I believe she was like 16 when this came out. And uh, with all the controversy it went around on that, she was asked in a 2015 interview about all the protests surrounding the film when it came out. And she said she had no idea. She said, oh my God, I was shocked when my manager called me in Mexico. She was there filming another movie. And I said, I are you kidding me? I mean, it was just like another horror film. She couldn't understand all the controversy around it. I, I guess it's just got to go with the whole, it's Santa being evil. I mean, but like, let's be honest. You probably shouldn't be letting your Santa believing kid watch silent night, deadly night. So like, yeah, exactly. It, 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 why, why is your child watching an R rated horror film about a killer Santa Claus? Is there, what about that makes you think that a child should watch that? Clearly that movie was not meant for your child to watch. So porn's not meant for your child to watch either. Does <laughs> yeah. that mean that it shouldn't exist? I mean, how about just parenting your kids? It's that simple, you know, sorry, I don't mean to be controversial, but tired of things getting blamed on movies. Art's allowed to exist. There are age limits for things that's why it's called being a parent and watching and what your kids watch and being a responsible parent but i i love silent night deadly night um that the kills was, are great yeah that's you know naughty that's you know <laughs> yeah. uh the, the fucking grandfather the in grandfather's that movie. great yeah dude he's just fucking chilling man he's just like that like every time i think of christmas he is like the face of christmas to me like he just i see that old man and i'm just like <laughs> yeah he was just i don't know man i would have freaked the fuck out too if i was little billy you know like uh, yeah uh and i mean he did tell billy that santa punishes naughty people so right it's it's that on top of <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta take up the mantle after his parents die like batman yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know the voice of his grandfather and the trauma from his parents' death, and bam, his senile grandpa's on. is uh, Alfred. Is a senile. I'll tell Alfred. you what, though. I'll tell you who the true star of Silent Night, Deadly Night was. Young Billy's mullet. <laughs> That's ridiculous. 
Uh, yeah, but with, and then of course, um, with all the controversy, Gene Siskel, like he liked to do in the eighties, him and him and Ebert, just any low budget horror, minus like Halloween or anything that was done, had with the Hollywood shine they hated. Gene Siskel read out loud the name of the companies that owned distributor TriStar Pictures on him and Roger Ebert's television show, and then said, "Shame on you." He also called out the writer, director, and producer and said, you people have nothing to be proud of. And despite all that, it opened the same weekend as the Nightmare on Elm Street, and it briefly outgrossed it by $161,800 since the film was playing in more than twice as many theaters as Nightmare. But the gross fell about 45% by the second weekend, and even before... Uh, the film ended up being pulled from theaters because of all the controversy. Yeah, it's such bullshit how much you know controversy surrounded that movie. But you know, uh, you know what's actually funny is that uh, I actually just found out after watching the new Scream Factory release of uh, Krampus, Mike Doherty's Krampus, that uh, the fucking um, Krampus got a bunch of shit. Even though Krampus is newer, there was legit people tweeting all over social media, like trying to ban it and saying that it's like what a piece of shit movie and what a what a twisted satanic evil motherfucker and it put out a a killer Santa or a killer movie or a horror movie about a Christmas time or whatever. And I'm like, really? Like that still exists in this day and age? Like, you know, and but it was funny because it's just it goes to show you that those those words there's people bitching about nothing those words really do just fall in one ear and out the other because mike doherty said that literally this him nor the studio gave a fuck about what anybody said they just did what they wanted good yeah absolutely uh and also because i know it's not on either one of our list uh shout out to silent night deadly night too just for a garbage day <laughs> well that's about the only good thing from that movie. i'm not gonna give that fucking movie a shout out but since i just mentioned it i will give krampus a shout out because unlike some other podcasts you might hear it on we're not listening we're not listing krampus in our top five not because it's you know the cool thing to do it's just krampus didn't make the cut but it is a good fucking movie my uh, number four is a movie from 2007. I feel that kind of flies under a lot of people's radar. It's nothing groundbreaking. I mean, we've seen it before, but I think it's really well done is P2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, basically to sum it up, a businesswoman's pursued by a psychopath who's a security guard at the uh, office she works at in the garage. And after being locked in the parking garage on Christmas Eve, uh, he ends up stalking her, and Wes Bentley as Thomas does an amazing job. That dude just, he plays the weird role so good in that. And uh, it's funny, because I was looking at his IMDb picture, and I was like, where else have I seen him? And then I realized he was Doyle in Interstellar as well. Yeah, and he was also in American Beauty. He was great in yeah. that as well. And he, he does have that, I think it's his eyebrows, but he definitely has that creeper look to him. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, he definitely definitely fits the part of like a stalker like you definitely he has he has that look where no offense he just you could tell something's off with him so it worked perfect to play like a stalker obsessed serial killer type of dude yeah and actually uh according to an interview he gave to the new york times in 2010 i uh, was made during the middle of west bentley's decade-long apparently extremely serious addiction to cocaine and heroin he said in the interview that he basically accepted any movie roles during that time so that he would have money to buy enough drugs. No shit. And, wow. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rough. It's kind of like, uh, that's why I've heard that Nicolas Cage 
uh, just keeps doing movies, but for the opposite reason. Yeah, he owes taxes or something, so he's doing it to avoid jail time or something like that. That's the rumor I've always heard. According to him, he says that he does all those movies because he has self-destructive tendencies and that if he sits around with time, that that that's what the problems are. So apparently they had the opposite problem. I, mean, I guess that's a fair enough reason. <laughs> um, but you know what's cool about P2? Uh, I also, uh, for those of you listening, by the way, that's the letter P and the number two. It's a yeah. That's how it's. That's what we're saying. P two. I know that can sound confusing because, like John said, it's overlooked. Don't want you to not know the title because you definitely should check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, the thing that I like about this, John, is that uh, the director Frank Calhoun and writer Alexander Aja, you know, who's done High Tension, Hills Have Eyes. Uh, that's the same fucking team that did Maniac with Elijah Wood, the remake, and that was fucking amazing. So if that isn't reason enough to make you watch P two, I don't know what is. And, uh, yeah, the, the, there's, that's, that's a big names and yeah, P2, I, I figured you would find this funny in Spanish, phonetically, the title P2 sounds exactly like PDOS. That means farts. <laughs> you're right i left so the spanish distributors opted to give it a more generic title called parking Two. <laughs> oh shit that's pretty yeah, good i saw that i thought that was pretty interesting i thought you'd get a laugh out of that me of all people i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why yeah but i mean it's a it's a cat and mouse game it takes place on christmas eve it's nothing ground breaking but it's just very tension filled the whole time and and it's like, a lot of fun uh dude the car with the guy in the that's chair what I was, that's my that favorite scene was so yes. brutal that and the other scene that makes me cringe is when she's crawling and her fingernail just pulls uh -huh. back. And oh, the dog man. scene's pretty rough, too. Yeah, the dog's pretty bad, too. Yeah. But it just yeah, it kind of flew under a lot of people's radar. I remember seeing uh, trailers for it. I think I remember. I might have seen it in theaters. I made the joke that because it, it came out the same time, like shortly after Paul Blart and... Uh, what was the one with Seth Rogen? Observ Observer, Observer Report. Report yeah. I was calling it like Dark Paul Blart. <laughs> that's pretty funny and uh i have to throw this out there because you know i love the movie uh but two actresses miranda edwards and best sheba garnett they were both also in mean girls both total babes too <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> uh yeah i am i don't think you've seen the same pictures i've seen <laughs> okay maybe not maybe not we'll save that for after the episode i'm not gonna disrespect anybody um <laughs> kind of fucked me up with that. oh man you got problems all right anyway uh okay moving so on. <laughs> moving on my number four deadly games the hardcore french home alone before there was home alone it came out in 1989 and it's about a Santa who invades the house of a boy who's ready to put up a motherfucking fight. With no parents around, little Thomas has to fight and protect himself and his old feeble grandfather from a psycho Santa. It's a solid movie with twists and suspense, and it's a lot of fun, and it has a fucking dark ending. Highly recommended. It also goes by the names of 3615 Code Pierre Noel. Uh, uh, what? Yes. That was its original title, because it's French. Um, and... Uh, 
the three six one five was like uh, um sounds like somebody like shouting out uh like an uh, area code in a rap song but with one extra number yeah it's basically like an area code um for uh like you know i guess in france or whatever i don't know but uh it's it's, it's frenchies it's also known as deadly games obviously um dial code santa claus Yo, that sounds badass. Yeah, right? Uh, game Over and Hide and Freak. But that's... Hide and Freak. That sounds like a porno. Yeah, that sounds more like a freaky movie than... I never really oh. wouldn't have called the movie Hide and Freak. It doesn't fit. <laughs> you actually got me to watch this movie. I hadn't heard of it before. And then uh, Joe Bob, I think last year. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah. last year for the Christmas episode. Yeah, once again, a movie with a with a great grandpa in it. Right. I actually, I don't think we ever talked about it. What did you think of this? You liked it, right? Like the Santa yeah. was a motherfucker, wasn't he? When he kills I mean, his dog, it's basically this kid goes John alone. Wick, <laughs> John Thick. <laughs> but yeah, that's a a really creepy Santa because it's like he wants to. Uh, it's almost like he wants to like be friends with children. It's like it's he's really fucking creepy. He's also like really dead deadly. Most and adults that want to be friends with children are usually creepy. Yeah, but I mean, most of them don't dress up as Santa Claus and do home invasions, you know. But you never oh, know. I don't know. A couple of movies we've been talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's really good and highly recommended. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still streaming on Shutter. I didn't do my homework, but I don't really need to because I own it's it. Just, um, just- I just know that uh, I own the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, and they fucking knocked it out of the park. It's in 4K, so uh, go grab that off VinegarSyndrome.com. They fucking nailed it. All right, my number three is one, John, that I don't even think you've seen, A Christmas Horror Story from 2015. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with that one. Well, this movie was in production before uh, Mike Doherty's Krampus movie. Krampus came out first. But it's it wasn't the first film in production. Uh, Christmas Horror Story just came out later, but it was actually made first. Um, so everybody you know who saw the film at the time that Krampus had come out was kind of judging it like, oh, it's that Walmart Krampus ripoff, and like it really wasn't, and it's not even close to that. It's such a good movie. It's it's a low budget film with high production quality and value, and uh, it's 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 one of the best anthology films in recent years. You know, and it's funny because Walmart's so politically correct that uh. Even though the film's titled A Christmas Horror Story, the, the, the movie, when you bought it, actually comes with a slipcover. I'll show it to you. The slipcover on it is really nice. It's embossed with, like, Santa fighting Krampus on it, but it's actually titled A Holiday Horror Story. Walmart retitled it to sell it because they didn't want Christmas in the title. Even though it got Santa in it, though. Yeah, it's just, it's fucking, it's just so stupid. But, um, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, I got to check that out. It, dude, it's got a twist ending. Uh, William Shatner's in it and he's hilarious. He plays a talk show host who kind of like narrates. He's kind of like, think of Adrian Barbeau in The Fog. He's kind of that guy, okay? Um, And uh, it's got Krampus fighting Santa in a death match, Santa fighting zombie elves, a changeling, a ghost story, and more. I mean, it's it's, it's a fucking uh, Christmas horror anthology with all sorts of genres in there. Definitely check it out. Everybody listening, John, definitely. I even maybe we'll watch it after this episode records and fucking get baked yeah. again or something. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, knowledge nug. Uh, during the closing credits, it's actually stated that no elves were harmed during the making of the film. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that one on there. I've never seen that disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Hopefully not. Uh, number three. Um, it's it's a pretty cliche choice uh i would hope that you've seen it but uh i'm going with gremlins oh fuck yeah 
I mean, I don't even know if I got to really give the premise. I feel <laughs> no, like everybody yeah. knows, yeah. knows Gremlins, but for somehow, if you've never heard of Gremlins, there's a uh, little furry creature called a Mogwai. There's a uh, set of rules. And uh, if you break them, then uh, you're going to end up with gremlins, and they're not so uh, cute and cuddly as uh, Gizmo. And uh, I didn't know this until recently, that Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. Yeah, yeah, Howie Mandel And then I was like, cool, how man. did I know that? And I was like, well, why would I ever look up the voice of Gizmo? But, but it's funny, because when you like watch Bobby's World and all that other stuff, you can, you can totally hear it. You can hear yeah. the voice. And... Uh, Frank Welker, who was the voice of Scooby-Doo in the 60s and 70s, he was the voice of Spike. And uh, he actually, uh, or Stripe. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, Stripe, yeah. Uh, he actually suggested Howie for the role. Bro, look, I'm going to be real with you. Stripe Mogwai, cuter than Gizmo Mogwai. Changed I my said mind. This, I said this to Nicole when I made her watch it because she had never seen it all the way through. And uh, I said I like Stripe better than uh, Gizmo. He's so much cuter. He has a little mohawk and attitude. <laughs> yeah. I don't appreciate that loogie he hawks at Gizmo, though, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> little shithead, but absolutely adorable. I if, if, if I could find a little Stripe, I'd keep his ass. I mean, yeah, he might backfire, but... And, and how violent is this movie for a PG movie? You got really gremlins is, yeah. getting microwaved, put in blenders. Right, right. I know. And then uh, I was just talking about this the other day. It's funny that you put it on your list because uh, Joe Dante, the director, had stated that in the original draft of the uh, script, um, Billy was supposed to come home to the gremlins playing basketball with his mother's head. And that's how dark of a film it was originally supposed to be. They lightened it up, of course, with Spielberg jumping on. So that's how that turned in. That scene specifically turned into the mother, you know, microwaving gremlins and shit like that. So, I mean, it's still still pretty violent and everything, but def definitely different in tone. No basketball heads going on. But, but around. like, could you imagine if, like, straight. Straight. Jeez, I can't fucking talk. That's the third big. time you've gotten his name I wrong, know. brother. It's Stripe. If you, could you imagine Stripe though, just crossing motherfuckers up like Kyrie Irving, <laughs> just with her head like dribbling it between his legs and shit? <laughs> oh my god! And even though it's set during Christmas, the movie was released on June eighth. No shit, I didn't know that. I thought it was. I naturally just assumed that it would have been released in December. And uh, Corey Feldman's in the movie. And he was only added to the movie after Spielberg dropped his character from E.T. And he it, felt bad about that, so he yeah, thought he owed him one. Yeah, in both stories, he's the best friend of the boy who has the creature. Oh, that's true. I didn't even... Th yeah, that's totally true. And one more knowledge nugget for you on Gremlins here. Mushroom, the dog who plays Billy's dog, Barney, yeah. he was also Lance Hendrickson's dog in Pumpkinhead. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I did not know that. That's awesome. That is really cool. Now, now let's talk about some of the gremlin rules. Some of these are don't make any sense. You can't feed them after midnight. Right. Well, what time can you resume feeding them? Because each day... Every time is after midnight, right? Like, what, like, like wouldn't it make sense if it's like you can't feed them between 9 and midnight or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I, that That's definitely... Because yeah, technically, midnight starts a new day. So, like, anything after... like Everything's after midnight, if you look at it like that. So, I mean, if you overthink it... I mean, maybe like once, what, nine, ten in the morning rolls maybe around. Maybe like sunrise. Yeah, maybe you gotta sunrise. Say, you got to say you watch to know exactly when sunrise is where you can feed your gremlins. And like, let, let's be honest, like 
what pet at some point doesn't get into your food? Dude, I was going to say, if we had mogwais, we're fucked. They're going to have the munchies from secondhand yeah, smoke. Right? They're going to be eating all fucking day. We're, yeah, that scratch the hole, I'd keep a stripe. No, that is a bad idea, especially for stars. Yeah, then you're going to run into your shower, turn that on, and multiply. You just have a bunch of baked gremlins rolling around. <laughs> That'd be funny. What if our gremlins came out like baked and like weren't like like chaotic like they just they sat down and like a rastafarian <laughs> like skullcats and shit <laughs> playing some like smackdown versus raw some bob marley fucking <laughs> eating fucking cheetos and ordering doordash <laughs> they, they do eat a lot though oh yeah dude my favorite gremlin actually i'll bring this up my favorite gremlin i don't know why because i'm stupid and i was young i always i when i was younger i named him my i, I named him homeboy he doesn't have a name in the movie, but I always just called him Homeboy. He's the one when they're watching Snow White in the theater when the camera cuts to him and he's got the uh, popcorn bags on his ears and he's just going, hey, just like laughing. That shit kills me. He's my like, he's my favorite. I would love to own like a prop of that gremlin with the popcorn on his ears. I don't know what this says about me or you, but I thought you were going to say the flashing gremlin. <laughs> i mean he's definitely up there he's hilarious he's Yo, definitely so, like people there. apparently some parents were offended i'm like by what like it's a gremlin like so, so all the other ones are walking around without a coat at all so he opens his up and it's wrong <laughs> yeah. what i was like that makes no sense that was one of the complaints by like whatever the parents council was and i'm like i told that to nicole i'm like none of them else are wearing clothes but he literally put clothes on and took them off and right. now it's a problem it would have been different if he was like more defined than the others like he was more swole <laughs> all right i think i think we're done with number three on that one uh before i get into number two i do have to say that movie theater scene uh with them watching snow white is probably the best part of that entire movie i love how even gizmo's in the backpack singing it even though he's like against <laughs> the gremlins he's in there going, <laughs> so cute all right number two i think this one's gonna surprise you and I didn't really think of it, and then it came to me here. A 2007 French film, Inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, that's, it is definitely, it's not on my list, but it is definitely uh, one that I've considered. Um, I, I almost put it at number one. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's just, uh, it, it's the lack of mention of Christmas, and it makes people forget that it's actually a Christmas movie. But it is 100% a Christmas movie. It takes place Christmas Eve night, going into Christmas. Yeah, four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. That movie is gory and disturbing as fuck. Remember, I remember that was the one of those ones when I made you watch it, and after it ended... Like, I just, we just kind of sat there and I looked at you and you didn't say nothing. And I was like, oh God, what's he thinking? Is he like, is he like, why did this dude make me fucking watch this or what? And then you were like, yeah, that was a pretty good fucking slasher movie. <laughs> yeah. And like home invasion slasher movie. Yeah. And I mean, uh, La Femme has reasons, but she also just doesn't have reasons. I mean, her, her reasoning is her she has a reason but it's just but she's of, also she's, fucking crazy so th she goes too far with it yeah, yeah she's wrong she's definitely wrong yeah like when she asked her why me and she says i want one yeah right <laughs> i mean I, I get that you lost your kid but that but where in the book of i lost my kid but you're pregnant so i get to break <laughs> into your house and try to cut your baby out of your belly with scissors while you sleep where is that a rule that that's okay you know what i mean like so yeah definitely some mental issues going on but dude the worst part for me in that film i mean it, I, I say not the worst part in like the bad way. I mean, the, the worst part is in the most hardest part for me to watch is at the end of that film 
when it's it, it God, the last 20 minutes of that movie is just pure dread and when it's uh when it's the cop when the cop comes back to like he did not comes back to life because he doesn't die but he gets shot in the head and he's presumed dead and then he comes back to life and he's like blind from being shot in the head and he's also like not with it because he's got a bullet in his brain he's kind of like loopy and he thinks that he's fighting you know like the the the, the uh, bitch that broke in uh yeah. you know and he's like actually hitting um the pregnant woman and he's like hitting her in the stomach with his billy club and you just see like all this like blood and juice just like fall out of her like vagina all over the floor at her feet and everything and then you know the woman comes in with the uh with a weapon with this huge spear and stabs him in the armpit i'm like my god it is just so violent and it's just relentless man just you don't see name me one other movie where you see a pregnant woman go through that much fucking violence and still die in the end. <laughs> and still die in the end from a uh, from a cesarean on the stairs with a pair, pair of scissors. scissors. Dude, that man. I've only seen it a couple times, but it's like it's like a Serbian film and other ones like that shit. It's better but, because it's not as it's not as disgusting, but yeah. it's yeah. But it is I'm sure some people argue, but I would it's just as brutal. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and especially if you don't take the content or uh, of a Serbian film out of context, it's definitely more brutal. Um, but uh, and and like I remember when you had me watch it. God, I forget how long it's been, but I was like, <laughs> she was like trying to use the phone. I'd be like, nah, nope, bye, sorry. <laughs> I said, then you end that movie real quick. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and uh. Yeah, I just um I I do have to say that Inside does get my number one. That is my number one French horror film of all time because I I was into French horror films. You know, like I, I like all, all all. You've got me to watch all my French far, ugh, French horror films, and I've told you numerous times like they don't they have don't as much around. of a reputation, but like they don't fuck around. Everyone, High tension, yeah. the fucking murdering kids, martyrs. Like, martyrs like it gets real you know what i mean it's like you know and uh yeah uh inside takes the cake for me though because it's a it's a slasher film but it is just so realistic the effects in that movie everything about it and it is just bad news like from the start of the film it just does not get any fucking better and when you're asking yourself if it's the first time you're watching it and you're saying hey how much worse can this get make sure you're watching the unrated version because trust us it gets fucking worse yeah, uh, the movie was actually shot in chronological order. Oh, nice. You know, actually, uh, I actually saw somebody complain um, online saying that the effects in this movie were terrible and that it was cheaply made. And that blew my mind. Like, that has to be a troll comment. Uh, I would imagine. Or somebody just wants to save for attention, but... Or yeah, some some hardcore hard dick horror fan out there swinging his dick, trying to you know act like his opinions law, you know, trying to say that good effects aren't good. But yeah, I don't know how you can watch inside and say those effects aren't fucking good. Uh, even the, the the pregnant belly, it looks like a real pregnant stomach. I've had two kids now in like four years, so I know. <laughs> I'm that, an expert. The, yeah, that shit that looks like a real pregnant stomach, and it's not. Um, and also uh, the the only other little knowledge nugget I had here was uh. In the scene where the three policemen check on Sarah, you can see the house number is 666. Oh, yeah. They're very cool. Very cool. What you got for number two? All right. Yeah. So uh, my number two is <laughs> Santa's sleigh. Yeah. Jeez, Bill fucking Goldberg. Yes, absolutely, man. Um, Look, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was cheering at the screen 
for him to fucking spear the dude through the deli counter, and he does. He so legit, ridiculous. He legit spears a guy through a deli counter and then grabs a fucking bowl of potato salad and eats the shit and walks out. I mean, the thing that gets me about this movie, though, bro, is that it actually manages to be a good horror film despite being silly. Like, it's, it's lighthearted with an edge. It's almost like Psycho Gorman. You know, it's fun for everyone. It, it's become one that I look forward to every year. Like, I truly enjoy it. Like, when I see it coming up to watch, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, yes. You know, it, it's a you fucking fun time. You posted it on our Instagram the other day, and I just shook my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah, Bill Goldberg plays uh, Evil Santa. And uh, the, the story is that, like, you know, uh, a thousand years ago, an angel defeated Santa um, in, in, a, in a game of, in a curling match. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Right, and, uh, and, and so because Santa lost to the angel... He had to be good for a thousand years and deliver presents. Well, now that thousand years is up and Santa is free to be evil again. And it's pure fucking gold. My favorite line in the movie, dude, it's one of those ones where, you know, how like when you have a favorite movie, even when you know a line's coming, you'll still laugh, even in anticipation of it. I do that all the time with Big Lebowski. In this movie, uh, Goldberg is driving a Zamboni and... uh, and the 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 the, girl, the the boy and the girl that he's after, they shine a flashlight in his face to like I guess blind him, and he stops and he just goes, "I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula," and that shit fucking <laughs> kills me every time. Uh, knowledge nug here: there's uh, the body count in Santa's sleigh is 41. No really? joke. Yeah, really? no it's, joke. Is that high? Yeah. Um, that's funny. There's a strip club in the movie, and the strippers' oh, names, dude, that yeah. they come up with in that movie. The ones, the one, the one babe's name is a uh, Dixie Wrecked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is amazing. I've never heard it before or since. The writing in that movie is very clever. Um, yeah, here's another knowledge nugget. Uh, so, uh, actress Wanda Ferriton, uh, she agreed to do the movie because she thought it was a movie that was going to star Jeff Goldblum. And it wasn't until uh, she was already working on the film that she realized that the leading actor was Bill Goldberg, not Jeff Goldblum. Um, And then, ironically enough, they ended up getting married after meeting on the set. Uh, My question is, why would this woman in a million years ever think that Jeff Goldblum would be attached to this project? Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a fair that's question. Like, that's uh, a very fair question. That's to be like it's like Bill Murray in Zombieland when he gets shot and they ask if he has any regrets and he goes, "Oh, I don't know." Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> you know, he only, it's just kind of the same thing. He only took the role because he, the guy's the director's last name was Cohen, and he thought it was the Cohen brothers. Oh, jeez. Why really? the hell would you think the Cohen brothers are directing a Garfield movie? <laughs> and he said he thought it was kind of weird, but he real always wanted to work with the Cohen brothers. So that's like, that's why that joke's there. The same thing is I'm like, why would Jeff Goldblum, like, he's a weird dude, but like, why would this be a project he would be involved in? <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, Bill the, Goldberg's ridiculous. He is. And that's the thing. Look, I, I was never, you know this, uh, and to you listeners, you probably, you listeners out there, I'm sure don't know this, but I was never a big WCW fan. I was, I was, I was a very hardcore WWE fan, it was WWF at the time, but you know, I uh, I did not really stray from that. I barely even watched ECW. I was just hardcore WWE. And uh, so I never really got into Goldberg. I just I knew the hype behind him. I was never impressed. But you know, then that was also part of why I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna watch Santa Slate because it's gonna be fucking ridiculous. But you watch it and like, uh, kudos to Bill Goldberg because 
look, I don't like him as a wrestler, but he does a fucking good job. And he he's very promo funny. either, but pro- <laughs> this was probably the best lines he's ever delivered in anything he's ever done. And nobody got injured in any of the fight scenes uh, yeah, too. We so don't know. that's yeah. But but anyway, yeah. Um, nobody no, he, yep, nobody got a concussion from a kick to the skull. Uh, yeah, he does. He does a great job in the movie though. He's very funny, and um, there's just things like uh, this old woman driving in the street. You know, like she can't drive for shit and she's real slow. And uh, Santa pulls up on his sleigh with his reindeer, and uh, she's blocking the way. And he's just like, "Move, bitch!" You know, like, <laughs> it's it's really funny, man. It's a really good time. Uh, so anybody out there uh, who likes this movie, I posted about it on our Instagram, as John had mentioned. If you like Santa's sleigh as well, go find that post and drop a comment. I love talking about that movie, and I know I'm not the only one who watches it because so many of you commented and uh, liked it. That just you know brought a smile to my and face. We're I thought I was fans, alone. So we like terrible movies anyway. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, sometimes terrible movies are what makes them good. But um, I don't mind Santa's sleigh as much as it probably sounds like I hate this movie. It's I would have put it in my top five, but it's not. It's not bad. It's enjoyable enough. It's just pure fun for me, and that's why, like, if I were being academic about it, it would be further back, but in regards to, like, when I see a movie, I legit am like, yes, like, I want to watch that because it's fun, This you know? is why it's five favorite, not <laughs> five best. Exactly. Um, all right, so, look, we're going to get down now to our number one. Um, John and I actually share our number one, so let's get into it. All right, John and I's number one Christmas horror film of all time this is actually our number one favorite and our academic favorite this would be number one whether or not it was our favorite or not um it was favorite list or not i mean uh bob clark's black christmas from 1974 hell yeah yeah just uh what a what a uh what a masterful film and uh just i just uh i just love this movie to pieces man yeah it's it's awesome i Mar- margaret kidder is probably steals the show in it even though she's not supposed to be the main actress she plays such a bitch but you love her you right she, I mean? she's my favorite of like the sorority the sorority girls absolutely same yeah and she's the one that if of all of them if i went to that house i'd be like, yeah i'm probably chilling with her i'm not i'm not necessarily trying to like she's sorry i'm not yeah i'm not trying to say like i'd make the moves on her. i'm saying like she'd be my crowd i'd be drinking with her cracking jokes going on all the other you know people in the house smoking weed she's cool man yeah yeah olivia olivia huzzy as jess jess was so annoying i agree yeah i would agree with that for sure i uh yeah i i just the the thing about it though is that i think the cast they all did a really good job i like all of the girls in their own way that also happened in the 2006 remake you always have to make some of the characters more annoying than the others because they gotta make the dynamic you know but uh even the ones you don't like it's not like you don't like them because oh they're they're terrible acted it's just that's a character they were well written and uh john saxton in it playing a cop lieutenant ken fuller john fucking saxton rest in <laughs> peace man what a fucking legend uh how about uh i'm trying to think of what what cop it was where they kept having them write down stuff yeah we talked about that yeah we talked about that <laughs> i forget what episode it was but i told you that was like my uh favorite scene in black christmas was the fall is the fellatio scene when uh <laughs> the two cops are just fucking laughing their asses off and the other cop does not understand what's going on yeah that that scene's great yeah, and uh, upon initial release in the U.S., the film was titled Silent Night, Evil Night because American distribu- uh, distributor feared that the title Black Christmas might get the film to be mistaken for a exploitation flick. 
Uh, however, the film, yeah, however, the film didn't do well under the new title, so it was changed back to the original Black Christmas title, and then uh, it had more, obviously, success. That's just rude. <laughs> what the <laughs> it's hell? It's ridiculous that, like, you also think the audience is, like, that stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Well, you know, uh, something else that's really cool is that uh, on the 40th anniversary Blu-ray of Black Christmas, uh, Billy himself... Nick Mancuso reprised the role as Billy for an audio commentary in character as Billy. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, I, I yeah, I read about that. Um yeah, that's pretty awesome. I have to I have to pick up that Blu-ray. I don't have many physical stuff, but there's there, there there's a couple I definitely need to get my hands on now. I'll be honest with you, I watched it and like it was cool because you know he's just like saying shit like Billy would, but there's nothing I took away from it because it's not an academic commentary so i didn't walk away knowing that this scene was edited this way or that way you're really just well, like listening to billy like narrate the film like and as, as he's watching it it's uh it's 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 fun it's just there's nothing that you're gonna remember from it like specifically and uh this film was initially thought to be the first slasher film ever to put the audience in the killer's pov but uh peeping tom in 1960 was the first i don't also don't know why they would say that because i mean you had psycho as well before that and that was a well-known movie I know, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, the Psycho was a POV shot. And, uh, the shower scene, anyway, yeah. But uh, the convention, I think everybody knows, was mostly popularized by Halloween. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I think Black Christmas didn't break through the mold with it. Halloween did, so Halloween became two the movie that was known for it. Yeah, yeah. That one was a killer sneaking in. Michael's going into his own house. Yeah, very true. Fair enough. You but know? I think Bob Clark tried to say something about, like, he created the idea for Halloween and that John Carpenter took it from him because John Carpenter was such a big fan of Black Christmas, he wanted to be involved and make a sequel, according to Bob Clark. Oh, really? I'd never and heard he any of well, I mean, I've heard of that, but I don't buy it. And he said that if he made another movie, he'd put it on Halloween. Yeah, well, and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense because no. John Carpenter came in later. Erwin Yablon. I'll say early. The- yeah, ask your Erwin Yablons <laughs> about that, and we'll see what what, what but the truth of that Bob is. Apparently, Bob Clark like, like to make a lot of claims that Black Christmas was the first to do a bunch of things. He was very proud of the movie, and yeah, he, mean, he liked I, to. He I liked like to. It. Yeah, I, I do. Well, it's well, funny. I mean, it's number one on our Christmas. Correct. Well, it's it's funny like though. It. Look at how far I've come, though. I've told you this again, and that's same whatever episode. We're baked. It's been a while. Whatever episode that was in season one that we talked about Black Christmas briefly, I mentioned that I actually originally did not like this movie because it wasn't that I didn't like it. I was, yeah, didn't like it is a strong word. I liked it. I was totally let down by it. My friend Jason at the time was like, dude, this movie's like Halloween. It's got that, like, that, that atmosphere, you know, like it's, it's, it's got POV shots. It's super fucking creepy. It sits with you. And by that time, I had I had missed Black Christmas. I had already gutted the the slasher genre. I'd watched Graduation Day. You know, I, I'd gone through like everything. I'd done all the eighty slashers just about. Like I've, I've, I did uh, the Prowler, the Burn. I covered everything, the, the ins and outs, the goods, the bads. But I just Prowler missed, doesn't get enough love. No, and I just I missed the uh, I missed Black Christmas. So it was finally the one where I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I never did get around to that one. It's a little older. Let's check it out. And when I watched it, I think because I was spoiled, even though I loved Halloween, because since Halloween, I've been kind of spoiled. At that time, I was more spoiled to what I saw and the gore. To go back to a film that was like Halloween just let me down. I was like, first of all, the only real movie that I don't mind, there's only a few movies that I really don't mind gore and stuff in, and that's because they're pulled off right, and that's like Halloween and Psycho. They don't need it, you know? So, um, 
And really, this wasn't that bloody either. No, really, it really wasn't, you know. But um, but but yeah, I just um, I, I didn't like the movie that much. And uh, after I, it's probably about a year. I, it was like the year after I watched it. I was like, yeah, I guess you know, it's Christmas again. I'll pop it on again. And I put it on, and then like it clicked. And I was like, oh, I get it. I don't know what it was that first time. I was like, I think I was just expecting something more hardcore. But once I kind of like, you know, dialed my tones, my, you know, toned my dials down a bit and knew what to expect, it was fine. And now here it is number one on my list. It's like my favorite Christmas horror movie of all time. Well, sometimes that happens. Sometimes a rewatch will sh- I've listened to CDs before where I've thought they were shit. And then I've like a day later, I listened to them and I'm like, okay, that must have just been my mood. Yeah. Um, and I think like Halloween was low budget, but Halloween also didn't come off low budget. Mm hmm. It just came off as, I feel like, a small location as opposed to being like, oh, we didn't have money. But that's a testament to Carpenter and Dean Cundy. Where this, you can tell this is low budget. Agreed. Definitely has a more sleazy look to it, you know. It doesn't yeah. have, uh, what, 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 what was it Joe Bob said about Halloween? It didn't have that Hollywood shine to it. Correct, yeah. yeah then it, it was- felt like a lot of the other 70s ones that you're like, oh, it's just a dark, pretty movie. Yep. Which it, I mean, it really is, but it's also, and it, I, it's very close to Halloween being set at Christmas, just at a sorority instead of going into the babysitter's house. I mean, there's no, you don't really get a story as to why, what, what the background is. There's really no conclusion at the end of the movie, but I mean, it's enjoyable as hell. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's just it. If you're not looking for answers, if you're just looking to be creeped out, if you accept the unknown. Then it's a good movie, and uh, it's funny because I was hooked from the opening scene. That was where he's climbing up. That yeah, it was creepy as fuck. Well, the the scene that hooked me was uh when the uh, bag gets put over the yeah. uh, brain fart in her name. Uh, bag gets put over her head. She gets killed, and then she just sits in that attic window the whole movie, and nobody notices. That to me was that was the cool part to me. I was like, that's that's creepy, and that's just haunting as shit. Um. But uh, the, the 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 prank calls. It's funny because here's a knowledge nug. Um, the 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 prank calls that you hear Billy, uh, you know, making and the the foul and vulgar things that he's saying. All of that stuff was added during post production. During the actual filming of the movie, it was Bob Clark who was like, you know, saying crude things to the actresses. So I think that's pretty funny. Bob Clark, you know, actually saying some vulgar things, playing the part of Billy. But once the film came out, it was Billy's voice you heard. Yeah, and apparently his uh, were more tame. That yeah, was- a lot more tame. And it was, in the original version of the script, I think there was uh, there wasn't even that much uh, foul language in it anyway. Yeah, but they added that all post production as well. Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there. Thank you for listening to us rant about our favorite Christmas movies. And whatever holiday you're celebrating this season, we hope you have a great time. Hopefully, Santa will bring you a new bong for Christmas. <laughs> uh, maybe you got a new bowl for Hanukkah. Whatever. Take a hit for us. <laughs> yeah, take a hit for us. And uh, season two is going to be coming to you January 10th. And uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at High on Horror 420. And on January 1st, we will announce our first guest for Season 2. And you can always email us at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Check out our website, highonhorror.com, and sign up for our newsletter while you're there. 
and you can get our guest announcements and newest episodes delivered directly into your inbox and uh josh thank you for editing this episode again as well and i think that'll about wrap her up happy fucking holidays happy fucking holidays bye guys